to show and tell now, shall we? What's good, beautiful people of the world? I am Creator K, and welcome to episode 41 of the Show and Tell podcast, a bi-monthly show on every first and third Tuesday of each month where a special guest and I share stories, music, and art that you should know about because sharing is caring. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. If you've listened before, welcome back. Thank you so much for pressing play on this episode. I hope it finds you well, in good health, in good spirits. I hope you're not too stressed out, especially my fellow Americans. It is Election Tuesday. My fellow, that sounds so weird, my fellow Americans. It is Election Tuesday. I'm recording this on a Sunday, so I can't really feel the exact energy of what today, if you're listening on a Tuesday, is bringing. But I hope that you are not stressing out too much. It's totally warranted. It's a it's stressful times. Shit's crazy right now, but I hope that, I don't know if I said it already, that this episode provides you with a moment of respite. You know, relax, chill out. We're all in this together. Just stay positive. And uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. And go vote if you haven't yet. It is Tuesday. If you're listening to it in the morning, go vote. If you have voted, shout out to you. And yeah, let's get into it. Joining me on the show for this episode is musical artist Romderful, a bright ray of sunshine who loves to combine all of his interests and mix them together in the cauldron that is the sound of Romderful, a unique yet familiar sound that allows Rom to be the most authentic and colorful version of himself. In part one of this episode, Romderful takes a look back in time to almost five years ago, which is crazy to say, it honestly feels like it was 20 years ago, when his selection white label dropped, increasing the eyes and ears paying attention to him and his art, how that helped him realize his talent and believe in his abilities, and the importance of having people around him that keep him grounded and focused on what is most important. He shares his thoughts on what he feels is a bit lacking in modern music and how he hopes to fill some of that empty space with his sound, and he gives us a look into his thought process behind his next album, which is very much on the way. I'm excited. If you know Romderful, you're likely excited, and if you don't know Romderful, you're about to find out about Romderful, and you're about to be excited. There's a lot of excitement in the air. In part two, we continue to ride a wave down memory lane as Rom shares a nostalgic item that in part molded who he is now. Now with that said, please put down your pencils, get up from your seats, come over to the carpet and sit crisscross applesauce, please, unless you have bad joints like me, I, my knees suck, I can't. If you can't sit like that, it's totally cool, but it is time for show and tell. Let's get it. Welcome to episode 41 of the Show and Tell podcast. I'm your host, Creator K. Welcome. Joining me on the show today is music producer, vocalist, multi-instrumentalist. He's also, and this is the most important thing, an Ikea fan. Not literally, a fa- like, not a fan, you know, like that you would buy at Ikea, but like an Ikea supporter. It's Romderful. <laughs> Those vocals are amazing. You need to do an album. All right. Yeah. Um, can you produce it for me? I got you. I got you. All right. Cool. <laughs> What's good? Welcome to the show, Ram. How are you? Why don't you tell the listeners who might not know who you are, who you are and what you do? So, hey, everybody. I'm Ramdeful. Uh, I'm a music producer mainly. That's what I'm mainly known for. But I recently started um, singing as well. And I'm a multi-instrumentalist. So I play guitar, bass, keys, drums. Uh, I used to play violin, but then I kind of had like a a bit of a shoulder accident as a kid so I'd start playing that but you know it's, it's actually quite a funny story but yeah I just make really I don't quite know how to describe my music but basically it just sounds like me it sounds like all the things that make me happy which are you know video games Ikea a lot of colors nostalgia stuff like that I feel like you can kind of get that vibe from my music when you listen to it and then obviously that's mixed in with like very heavy jazz and R&B inspirations I think that's the, probably the best way I could describe my music, but yeah, that's me. Yeah, I mean, that's very accurate. I think colorful is the perfect descriptor of your music. I've been a fan for a while since the the days of SoundCloud, like the the peak days of SoundCloud, I should be specific, like 2016, 2015. Oh, nostalgia. I know. I know. I, I uh, just in preparation for this episode, I was just running back through your catalog and um Damn, there's just some bops on there, which I would love to play on the show, but obviously some of them are, are flips that uh, I don't think Spotify or Apple or whoever would take kindly to because of the whole sample thing. But definitely yeah. encourage people to go check those out because that was the kind of shit that made me fall in love with a lot of the music that I listen to today. It's just super boppy. I love it. I love SoundCloud. That was such like a good part of my career and my life. And it's really funny because whenever I meet up with all the friends, like all the other producers and artists that I've met from SoundCloud, I feel like every time you have a drink, we're always like, yo, 
just shout out to SoundCloud one time because none of us in this room right now if we had never met on that website. So yeah, shout out to SoundCloud. I'm giving them an imaginary toast right now. Oh, same here. I got some tea. I'll, I'll give them a toast right now. <laughs> I don't know if I can drink it. It might be a little too hot. I don't want to burn my tongue and then not be able to continue with this episode. That would suck because uh, yeah, I'm very excited to have you on. So as I like to do when I have musical guests on the show, if it's okay with you, I like to play two tracks that'll give the listeners a taste for your music. Is that something that you would like to partake in? Oh, definitely. That makes a lot of sense. Sweet. Okay. So now you can either pick two tracks or if you would like me to pick one as well then we can go back and forth. But I'll let you go first. What is the track that you would like to play for the audience? I'm gonna pick the sunshine so bright with you. Mm, okay, let's run it and we'll see y'all on the other side. you go with that track uh so th that was kind of like so obviously and um, when i started doing those videos where i cloned myself on the internet multiple times and kind of made mm. my own little friend um that was kind of my first video to like really really blow up um on all of my forms of social media so i gained a lot of new fans from that and that was the first time i was kind of confident enough to come out and be like okay you know i'm, I'm really actually singing on the track now like prior to that i might have done like a little bit of like background harmonies or hums or something every now and again i didn't really do that much singing on my last album i feel like that was the first song where i was like okay i just want to do me i want to make a, a song that just sounds like sunshine and happiness and i guess i'm a singer now and then i wanted to kind of like present that in a really cool way which was then you know the clone videos and um i feel like that was just a really cool transition to being like okay this is what romderful really is this is what i really sound like this is what this is kind of close to the music I really, really wanted to make. There was a lot of like, um, I wouldn't call them down so much, ups and downs in my career, but it's kind of like there were definitely a lot of times in my career where I didn't feel like I was making the music I wanted to make. That that sound kind of like is a bit special to me because like I said, it's just the first time I was fully able to fully comfortably come out and do exactly what I wanted to do. And everybody was really supportive and really here for it. Obviously that, that video had gone like nuts on every form of social media and everybody was telling me to keep on like doing that or keep on making more of it, which then I did continue to make much more videos, which every time I do one, it always puts me in a really good place. 
and plus i just really really like the song it's basic it's easy going it's a nice vibe there are not too many words to memorize it's pretty simple i only say like basically the same 10 things over and over again <laughs> um, so yeah yeah no i mean it's it's a it is bright it's a bright song and the title is very accurate and i mean would this is something that Cromanucci spoke on when he was on the show a few episodes ago he talked about you know building confidence in his own work and something that helped him was just getting the recognition or not maybe not recognition but just attention and people you know showing love I mean did you find the similar thing you kind of just explained it but people saying wow this is really good kind of helped you find confidence in yourself as a vocalist oh 100% because like I feel like for, I've actually wanted to just vocals on my beats for for years like um maybe since like maybe even since like after my white label which was like in 2016 on soul election um i wanted to do it from then but like because i was so caught up in making like you know edits and bangers and really hard-hitting music i was like okay if i just make this drastic change right now when i feel like i'm kind of having some kind of like semi-decent blow up i feel like i'm just gonna like completely kill my brand or like completely kill my following and stuff like that and mm. i feel like um that was the main reason that I kind of made the change from Rom to Romdeful. I feel like um, Rom was definitely like a way different sound than what I'm doing with like Romdeful. Rom was definitely more like um really really beat heavy, really kind of soul action um if that's the, like, the correct term to call it, and it was really <laughs> kind of like you know to fit in. It was for the clubs, it was for DJing, but then Romdeful was more like I'm I'm trying to explore my musicality more. I'm trying to come back to the place what made me like music, what made me want to do music the way I do it, and then um. Yeah, I was scared to do it for a while because I just thought people weren't going to like it because people had grown too accustomed to me doing edits and stuff like that. And it did worry me for a while, but then I, I think that was probably a better reaction than anything I'd done in the past. So I was really pleasantly surprised by that. It's one of my favorite things to see artists that I've enjoyed listening to for years through SoundCloud, going from flips and remixes and, and kind of making a really cool sound based on their influences to making the things that they truly want to make. And you just, you're a testament to that. You just set it all out there. It warms my heart because I love when people are making the things that they want to make and the things that make them feel validated. So shout out to you. And I'm glad you've uh, you found that. And you also mentioned the Selection White Label, which most people know about Selection. And the sun shines so bright with you. You mentioned how that video kind of blew up. That time period, you were what, 19 years old? This was five years ago, right? Yeah, I was 18 just 18. going like it it came out just before my 19th birthday uh, so i was 18 at the time that's crazy i mean what is what what was going through your head if you can rewind time and tap back into that past self it was such a crazy time in life because um so actually at the the day my white label came out i was actually on tour for the very very first time so i, I had my first tour where I, you know I, f I finally started djing outside mm. of the uk I, like at the time my white label came out I was actually with um, I Am Nobody, who's another Soul Action producer. I was just with him in Germany, and me and him, we were just chilling, and we had a couple of drinks, and he was like, oh, bro, your white label just dropped. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, Soul Action never told me it was dropping, so it just randomly dropped on the internet. My phone started blowing up, and I'm like, why is everybody tweeting me right now? And then I realized that Soul Action dropped it, and at the time, I was like, oh, my God. Right. So then it kind of got to the point where I started to have like this kind of really weird anxiety, kind of like, what if they don't like it? It's really different. It's really weird. This is the first time actually that I started playing guitar on my beats. So like I used to never do that as well because I was kind of scared of being too musical. And like all around, I was just like, wow, this is just crazy. I'm in Germany right now. I am nobody. He was one of my biggest inspirations from SoundCloud. I'm just sitting there in this apartment and we're having drinks and my numbers are starting to go up on the internet. And then MTV's posting about it and stuff like that. And I'm like, wow, this is maybe I can actually kind of make something out of this. At the time, I wasn't really sure um, if my career was going to become anything at all. I wasn't aware if um, my sound was going to take off, if anybody was going to get it. And then I think um, at one point, I'm not sure if it still is, but I remember them telling me I had one of the, like, the second or the third highest streaming projects on Soul Action at the time, which was like just insane to me because I had wanted to work with Soul Action forever. So it was just like a whole lot of like, there's just so much information right now. <laughs> then three days after that, my white label came out. Then I actually played um, my very first show with Soul Action in London. It was a sold out show. Um, the night before that, I played a show with Monty Booker and Smino in Paris. And I'm kind of like, there is just so many things happening right now. I was like, oh my God, I can't deal with this. So it, it was definitely just a crazy time. It was definitely a lot of love. And it was like the first time where um, people showed me quite a lot of attention. 
it kind of got to a point where I felt like anybody just liked everything I was doing at that point, which was insane to me because I had like literally zero confidence in myself for like years. Um, so it, it was definitely was a really, really positive moment. Yeah, that's a lot. All Did you find out about the white label dropping like minutes before you were about to perform? So I, I was literally about to head out from that's crazy. Department, like <laughs> about maybe 20 minutes like prior to me finding out. So, oh my like, gosh. I had no idea at all that I was like, well, well, damn, this was definitely not expected. That's I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot for for anybody at any at any age. But especially I think back. So I'm I'm 26, almost 27. We're pretty much the same age, similar in age. And I think back to just being 18 and just like, isn't it kind of absurd? I don't know if you feel the same way looking back at your younger self, maybe five years ago and thinking about how you were wondering how your life was going to pan out in career. And then you're like, shit, I was 18. Of course, like I, I wasn't meant to have everything figured out at that point. I still don't. I don't know. Do you feel the same way? I feel exactly the same way. I feel like when I was 18, I was just always worried. I was like, I'm going to die old and broke. I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. And then it gets to like 24, well, I'm 24 now, I'm 25 next year. And then I'll start to think about it like, I still have no idea what I'm doing, but that's kind of the beauty of life. And I'm I'm completely fine with that. And my career is going pretty well. So I'm kind of like, why did I worry so much as an 18 year old? Like, it's going to be fine. Like, and plus to have like-minded people around you who are also experiencing something similar start to realize it's not like a unique problem to feel that way and that makes you feel a lot better about things wholeheartedly agree that's facts was there anything you remember learning you know soon after that quote-unquote blow-up happened from the peers around you you know obviously when you're in bed with selection and you get to tour with i am nobody and just just you know get connected with all these artists is there anything that some of them who might have been a little bit older than you at the time might have taught you or passed some information along to you that's that you've kind of held with you that you would also pass along to artists who are in a similar situation, you know, young, trying to get that next opportunity, trying to get their music or any sort of art seen and heard? What, did, did you pick up anything from them that you would, yeah, that you kind of live by now? Um, so, so in terms of DJing, obviously I've kind of moved on a bit from DJing since then, and I'm kind of more focused on live shows and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. prior to Soul Election, um, I was actually with DJ Complexion's little um, label that he had at the time called Future Beats Records. Hey, shout and, out um, Complexion. Shout out Complexion. He's literally like my dad. He, he literally raised me up <laughs> into being this, um, this thing. But I always remember when I first ever wanted to DJ, this is, this is before I ever DJed, I always remember him saying like, the crowd will feel it a lot more if you feel it and you, like that kind of stuck with me forever kind of like in terms of DJing at least that you really need to enjoy what you're playing and not to play for the crowd as much like obviously you know like read read the crowd and stuff read the room know what to play but like you don't have to go there thinking that you have to play like all these bangers or top 40 kind of songs because you think that's what everyone else is going to like because you, ultimately you need to feel your own music and then um, from selection, I can't even exactly remember who it was that told me because there was there was just so many people at that time. But I remember meeting another producer, and them always just being like, "Edits are cool, but like, find a way to like make edits into something original." Because if you have like the ability to make an entirely new song out of like some other vocals, you have the ability to make a completely original song, something that's completely unique that you will be able to monetize that other people will grow to love. Because like anybody can edit any song unlimited amounts of times on the internet but like you can only do your song and then everybody else can cover your song or whatever but it's definitely mm -hmm. good to kind of get into the habit of uh, making originals and i remember learning that a bit earlier on which is why i kind of stopped making edits around 2017 ish and um, but that definitely was did pan out to be a good move i hope everyone's uh taking notes right now because that's a lot of good information now maybe more from uh let's say philosophical side all the people who are listening are, who have listened before are like, oh God, no, here comes the philosophical creator K. Sometimes I like to hit that angle on the show. Is there anything that you've learned since five years ago, just as about yourself that, that you just didn't know back then? Not even just as an artist, just as a human being. One, one million trillion billion percent. I feel like I could talk about this forever because I really do feel like I've come a long way as a person, not even just as a creator, but as a person since, you know, I first got on Soul Election and all that kind of stuff. Just like, I feel like before Soul Election, I, like, I, I was who I am now, basically. But I feel like at the time, because I had got so much attention and like so much love and stuff, I kind of like, I would say, and like, obviously, I feel like it's, it's necessary to hold yourself accountable and know from it and grow from it. That I, it did make you become, it did make me become a little bit cocky during the time because it's kind of like, okay, 
everyone's telling you you're doing amazing nobody's saying anything bad about you everyone's just constantly giving you praise you get to a point where you feel like I can't lose I can't do anything wrong like everybody loves it and then I feel like it kind of got to a point because I'd been so used to not having any kind of attention throughout my life for anything significant or anything at all that it kind of felt like I was bragging or talking about myself quite a lot and then it kind of got to a point where it was kind of like um I did notice I did start to lose some friends around like 2016 2017 because of the way I was acting and I definitely had to like kind of sit myself down and like really like reevaluate. it's kind of like it really isn't that deep you know it's the internet yeah followers are cool um the internet's cool and stuff but like it's so easy to get lost in the source if you don't keep the right people around you you really need people who were there to like tell you like yo you tripping like yo you're acting a bit wild and blah 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 a lot of people don't end up having that and then if they get to a point where they really really blow up they they just completely lose their way they go crazy i'm not going to say to a kanye extent but you know that could be possible um I definitely feel like that was important to learn and like just kind of like reevaluate, sit down with myself, um, go back home, talk to my friends, talk about my feelings and stuff like that, uh, talk about why I felt I was acting such a way and just realizing like where that came from or like where that kind of energy came from at the time. And I feel like that was definitely due to the kind of people that I was surrounding myself with at the time who were like also in that same kind of mindset uh, and also in that same kind of mindset that, you know, people owe you something and stuff like that. And I really just had to start disassociating from certain circles to not become that kind of person. One quote my mom always says that, like, it sticks with me to this day. She always says, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. And I think that's really, really true because, like, I noticed as soon as I stopped hanging around with the the people who was giving off that certain energy that was kind of rubbing off on me, I definitely came way more back down to earth. And then, like, you know, this is another reason why I kind of stopped making edits because I feel like at the time it kind of became like edits were like just competition, like who's going to make the best thing, who's going to make the hottest thing, blah, blah, blah. And I also started to realize I didn't really enjoy making them because I wasn't making edits entirely for genuine reasons. Yes, like they were, some of them sounded good. Some of them did slap. Some of them were amazing. But it's like I was only making that to like, you know, be popping in the club. Oh, people are going to go crazy to it, blah, blah, blah. But I wasn't making them because I actually liked doing it. And then, you know, that also comes from the whole realm of wonderful change, where I was like, okay, I need to just come back fully to myself. I need to stop trying to be, like, this super cool person because everyone perceives themselves to be so cool on the internet. It it really just goes back to you can lose yourself on the internet if you don't surround yourself with the right people. You really can become someone different if you feel like, um, you know, you can't ever lose. Everyone's always constantly giving you love and attention and stuff. It's like, is that who you really are? And I think it's definitely necessary to reevaluate yourself sometimes and really reevaluate that any of this could stop at any moment. You know, like, for, for example, SoundCloud's completely, like, I wouldn't say completely dead, but more or less dead now. Had I mm-hmm. retained that kind of um, mindset about everything, because, you know, SoundCloud crashed, I would be like, oh, well, what do I have now? I have nothing. Um, right. And obviously at the time, there was, like, quite a lot of things going on, like, I was in like a really weird relationship that you know I had I had ended. My mom and dad had recently split up. There were just so many things going through my head at the time. I just was like in this kind of like mess where I just couldn't really get my head clear. Um, so therapy is also a really good thing. Don't ever feel bad about going to therapy if you need it. Therapy is really cool. It helps me clear up a lot of the answers in my head, kind of get myself back down to who, well, like who I am now, who I always wanted to be, and who I was before any of that mess happened. And I I do completely understand that, like, sometimes it can be quite difficult for people, especially when you're kind of, like, used to not having any kind of attention or any kind of love or anything, that as soon as you get all of it, it's kind of, like, it just makes you feel like, oh, I'm finally doing something, I'm finally big. But then you're really not, to be honest. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's something that was definitely a wake-up call, like, 18, um, 17, 18. And it's sad to say I have seen that happen to a lot of people. Um, some of which I do still speak to because they have grown out of it. But like there was a lot of people around my circle, especially from SoundCloud or even outside of the SoundCloud circle that I just met through music who were obviously going through exactly the same kinds of things. Sadly, some of them didn't grow out of it and they're not doing so great now. Um, so I just really, that uh, that's obviously, this is a very, very long <laughs> thing that I'm saying right now. But yeah, I really do believe in that um, 100%. It's, it, it's, it's so natural for the youth i mean i i'm making you and i sound like we're old <laughs> we're not we're not but i but it's 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 feels so natural for 
artists or just anybody who gets any sort of boost in what they're doing at a young age because you're also becoming an adult at the same time. You're, you're still like developing. You're quite literally, your brain is still developing. You are becoming a, a human being who is functioning in modern society. And modern society is on the internet, as you said. So being an artist is such a, an isolated thing that if you don't get any love, you wonder if you're good. But then when you get a bunch of recognition, you think you're the shit. And then, you know, tempering that and, and being humble, as Kendrick Lamar would say, is is important like you said sometimes it doesn't happen for some people and yeah like the things that you said really kind of help with that surrounding yourself with people i love the way that your mom phrases it the way that i've heard it is um you are the sum of the five people that you were closest to at any given time so the people that you know is the people that are next to you sometimes that changes and that in itself explains that you can change how your mindset based on you know some of the people that you're around ultimately it comes down to you at the end of the day, but yeah, it's huge. Having that, having that circle, going to therapy, just having internal conversations with yourself is big, but it just really is. It's so much. It's gotta be so much at, at once just to get attention, <laughs> get attention for things that you were trying to get attention for. It's, it's, it's got, it's gotta be a lot to handle. So I can imagine why, you know, it goes to people's heads for lack of a better phrasing. Yeah, definitely. Because I think it was just a mixture of that and just kind of a mixture of like, um, obviously at the time my dad like wasn't very, actually, well, I, I wouldn't know if he still is, you know, we, we don't speak anymore. Um, we're not on good terms. But like at the time, um, he wasn't supportive of my music career at all. So like at the time my music career actually started to kind of make some moves, it kind of felt like I'd proven a point. And I feel like that kind of like further kind of pushed it a little bit. Because I was just kind of like, oh, for all these years, you didn't believe in me. And now look at me, I'm doing this. And then, you know, it kind of turned into that. But then I just realized that, you know, that's just 17, 18 year old arrogance. And that's what I was going through at the time. Like I said, it's really important to hold yourself accountable for that. Know that you were tripping, have the correct people around you and, and figure it out. And obviously, if you were aware of that and you don't sort it out, then that's just self-sabotage. I became aware of it. And then I, when I really looked back and reevaluated, I was like, this is really not who I was this is never who I wanted to be this isn't who my mom raised me to be my mom's always raised me to be a really positive humble chill kind of person and me her and my sister are also like always the same uh, always giving hope and love to others and I really did lose that for a while and that that really did kind of upset me sometimes when I think back about it how I really could have been that person so it really is important to like just know it but it's also important to like not beat yourself up about it just be you know happy that you you've came to that realization and you've done something to actively work or rectify that situation out yeah i mean and if you needed any confirmation which i don't think you did we haven't known each other for that long but you your enthusiasm in our dms like brightens my day i love it <laughs> it's great it's it's good to just you know you treated me like you would probably treat anybody else so i appreciate that you too because like I, I think that's also like one reason why i'm just kind of like i'm just so down to talk to people he was just like you know like we can have a great conversation over the ms we can have a great conversation over the phone if you want to like i don't really mind but there are some really really cool people on the internet sometimes and obviously like if if you get into that big-headed arrogance part where you could be like oh you know you have this many followers blah 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 which i know a lot of people like that who are just like i don't want to talk to somebody if they have like you know 10 followers or whatever and i'm like but why does it matter so they yeah. could have 10 followers but then you know they could be like I'm just gonna throw a random name out there. They could be like Fifty Cent Son or something, and you don't even know. Like this person could be like end up being your best friend, or like you you never know who any of these people are. But like if you just judge everybody based on followers, you'll never know how many amazing people you could be denying from entering your life. Um, for anything, like even just us doing this podcast or just collabing with people. If you're talking about arts, or even just someone to play some PlayStation with. Like sometimes when I've posted that I'm gonna play PS4 online people just send me their psn ideas and i'm like yeah let's let's just go and play four guys we'll just sit there and talk about like 2003 which is like my favorite year and um, <laughs> just like random, random stuff like that sit there and talk about food and i'm like yo people on the internet are cool man so i, I really like to try and be like approach as approachable as possible and just try and grow relationships with people yeah and two, two things one shout out all the cool people on the internet you know who you are and two, <laughs> and two, I agree, 2003 was a great year. Call of Duty 2 was one of my favorite video games, and that came out in 2003. And I feel like one of the skate video games came out in 2003, maybe. But, yeah. 
Well, that was Pro Skater 3 or American Wasteland, Tony Hawk. One of those two games came out in 2003 or 4. Yeah. Now, it's simpler times, I feel. It's good, good year. It was a great year. <laughs> really yeah. So we've mentioned this word a lot so far, and it's attention. And that is a clue into the song that I would like to play for the listeners, if you would give me the honor of picking a song that I think uh, the listeners would like. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, I just said it, so I uh, just kind of gave it away. But if the people don't know what the song is, it is Attention with Sempu. So let's run that, and we will see you on the other side. to make man i always remember when you sent that beat when you sent the um, vocals back he did to the song and i'm like oh my god this it's, is like the perfect collaboration it's so good i mean music heads will 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 understand some of the influence based on the first four beats because it is the same kind of intro that pharrell uses in his production that song is crazy because i featured it in one of the playlists or dropped it into one of the playlists on show and tell spotify and yeah, I just mentioned how it reminds me of, it's funny, we were just talking about 2003. It, it takes me back to mid-2000s, 10, 15 years ago. Just that energy of like Justin Timberlake, Pharrell, N.E.R.D., boppy, bouncy, bright, colorful, a little bit of R&B, hip-hop, but still up-tempo. I love it. And you and you responded with you that you miss that kind of colorfulness in music, and that's what you're trying to bring back. And shout out, Senpu. Those vocals are killer. Super. He's incredible. They're so good. So why don't you expand upon that? What, what is you know what are you trying to bring back with the sound that you're you're working on now? Um, like for me, like I just feel like I'm not going to say all music is bad right now because it's not. There's definitely a load of great music out of there, especially in the same you know R and B, um, hip hop 
jazz genre, but I just feel like music was more free and expressive. And even if you look at music videos, for example, compared to how they are now, obviously Travis Scott has some very, very trippy visuals. But I just feel like music videos just seemed like way more chill and like fun like back in the day in terms of music videos. I just kind of um, I kind of miss that kind of like that natural bounce, like a good groove or like something that just feels really, really good. Like even if it's something basic, like um, music sounds better with you, for example. Like it's, it's just a really, really basic house song, but it just says like, I just, you know, love might bring us back together. I feel so good, and it's just like, literally the same words over and over again. Or like um, lady, hear me tonight, which is the same words over and over again, but the vibe of it is just so good. The music video feels so good, and basically i just really miss creating that happy vibe that really cool vibe and i feel like that's something pharrell did perfectly like even if he was making like you know a hardcore drug rap beats like he was making for like clips or something like that i feel like um their beats always had like this really colorful quality quality to them whether it's m.e.i.d or what he did for um justin timberlake or what he did for robin thick or even when Pharrell actually made a song called happy like his beats just all or like him and Chad, because we're never gonna leave Chad out here. Chad is also the goat. The Neptunes just always had like crazy colour. And sometimes I feel like colour's missing a bit because I feel like a lot of people tend to kind of make a bit darker music nowadays or like some like probably more heavy drug use or like sadness and stuff like that. Which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone can express their feelings exactly how they want to do it. But um in terms of me expressing it how I want to express it, I want to kind of bring back that happy, colourful, rainbow really crazy weird chords uh, really bouncy unique drums kind of like i feel like that's kind of missing and that's something that i've been focusing on a lot with this album um which is just extremely colorful it's extremely bouncy i've sung on every single track i've written on every single track but it's it just kind of like paying homage to MLD's first album paying homage to justified those are two of my favorite albums yeah, you, you get the picture. I, I could probably talk about it for a, for a forever. <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah. no, and I and I do I do want you to talk about it forever. I think for me, yeah, it's it's really just a matter matter of personal taste. When when someone says like, oh, well, this is what I don't like about music. Now it's just just yeah, it's a personal taste thing. And I and I'm in, I'm inclined to agree with you on on some of that. I think a lot of it and a lot of what makes your music and kind of just this happier music. Same thing with Chromanichi is the the percussion if i were to just pick one specific part because a lot of hip-hop music r&b is so heavy on the like the bass end of the percussion and the production side where like a lot of the percussion that people will hear in your music it just takes you back to that era of you know bongos cowbells just like little intricate things and it makes it sound authentic like a real drum kit which is something that pharrell made his name off of so that i mean that's what i i think yeah, I haven't heard that as much now in music, so it's really cool to see not just you, but you know, a few other people try to inject that back into uh, into like popular music, or or hopefully make that kind of music popular, which is really cool. So, album, you mentioned album. I was going to ask you about that because you dropped your debut last year, 2019, if I'm not mistaken. I did, yeah, last April. And now you're working on. If people follow you on Instagram, they'll see that you're 50% done with this current album. Tell me more about it. Yeah, um, so th this album's just, uh, don't want to give away too much. Obviously, there have been some people who have been on my on my Instagram live and I've kind of been making like little demos or rough versions of some of the songs. And uh, it makes me have really, really happy to see the response to some of the things that I have played on Instagram live or like really briefly on Twitch. Um, but this album's just basically me going like, all the way out with like the quote-unquote wonderfulness um my last album i feel like that was like the the perfect entry into kind of like okay i'm gonna try this artist thing now i'm gonna sing on some songs i'm gonna produce a bunch of songs for other people but then this one it's like i am singing writing on everything i have like really cool cute interludes in there it's very 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 heavy on the references to video games so I recently got out of a relationship like a few months ago and you know that that kind of sparked the whole idea for the album where it's just kind of like it's kind of based on the fact that like sometimes you need to spend a bit longer getting to know somebody if you rush too fast into something you might not know later down the line you was never like I wouldn't really call it a waste of time but you could have realized earlier that you both didn't want to be in it kind of thing but like you were too scared to mention it and then um, I just kind of thought kind of thought of a really 
a bunch of cool ways to kind of like make that into like kind of video game analogies which I, I kind of do a lot with life kind of like comparing like um for example like comparing like the whole idea like is this like a simulation or is this real love because if it's a simulation eventually you know we're going to get all the data we need and we're going to end it because it's going to have run its course or like little things kind of like okay we've reached a checkpoint like do we want to save our progress which is kind of like okay like do we want to get into a relationship because we've had we've made this little bit of progress do we want to continue with it do we want to throw it away how much further do we want to go with this progress stuff like that like kind of like oh press a to say yes press b to say no press y if you want to ask a question like you know just stuff like that <laughs> wow. Uh, wow that's cr- like I, my mind's being blown right now I, that sounds amazing that sounds amazing so I've, I've just like really really kind of like really thought out the whole process but i've made it like really really r&b and like really really musical and to like i like i made this one so I'll, i can give away like facts about some songs because i think they're really cool but i made this one song on my album called Wii, which is kind of like a reference to nintendo Wii but it's kind of like talking about like as if like me and you so like basically the album's kind of like a journey of a relationship from start to finish but like on this song called we i'm basically like just talking about like okay like you know we're at a house party as if like a girl brings a guy to a bedroom or something you know what I might probably go down but in the case of this song it was kind of like she brought me to her bedroom to play mario party 4 <laughs> which is a, which is one of my favorite gamecube games it's kind of like you start to realize, oh, there's somebody else who's interested in the same things that I'm interested in. This is really cool. I think I'm kind of in love. And it's kind of like, okay, so you brought me to your room to play a GameCube game. I love GameCubes. Why don't me and you put our GameCubes together and evolve into a Wii, which is obviously like the next um, home console that came from Nintendo before the GameCube. Obviously, there was the DS in between, but I'm not counting the handheld consoles. But um, the Wii was the console that came after GameCube. And I was like, okay, if we put our GameCubes together and become something double the power of a GameCube and really powerful, which was the Wii, then that would be us. But that's kind of like a metaphor to like, I like the way that me and you are right now. And I don't want to just kind of be separate. I want it, I want it to be us. I want it to be we. I kind of like the sound of we, like us together. And then that song just literally sounds like a whole journey in like two minutes. <laughs> like it just starts out like a really, really chill. Then it, it just goes really, really intense. And then the course just get really really crazy and it just kind of ends on the chill vibe kind of like okay i guess we're gonna do this i guess we might try and be in a relationship um so it's just kind of like stuff like that i'm just making it as nerdy as i want it to be like everybody knows i really love retro video games or like especially GameCubes and stuff like that so i'm kind of like okay i want to make an album like I've, i said in the beginning something that sounds like me something that sounds like what i'd say Something that you would expect of me if you were to talk to me in real person, because in real life, I'm still going to talk about every single thing I would have talked about in the album. So that that's kind of the direction I'm heading. I just like, like I said, it's just a load of references from video games that, that are basically about love. Um, I got some really, really cool features on there that I've wanted to work with for a while. There's probably a lot of names that a lot of people don't know, because um, obviously I do have quite a substantial fan base in Asia. So I wanted to kind of like. Uh, reach out to a load of like my favorite artists in that region and collab on them with a bunch of songs so some people might know them some people might not know them but the songs are incredible and everything's turning out really really well i might even be on like 70 percent this weekend like minus features and stuff like that uh, but it's going really really well and it's very reminiscent of 2003 to 2006 era but it's kind of like it also sounds like 2030 at the same time mm-hmm. so I feel like I've just maintained the elements I really liked from that time period, but then also upgraded it with how I currently sound. Um, so yeah, it's it's really, really cool. I'm really excited about it. I definitely like it a lot more than Press Out to Continue. Not to take away from that album, because the album was great, but yeah, I this feel is, like... Yeah, that natural, that's a natural feeling. It's a natural feeling, yeah. It's, it's just a completely different sound. So I think one thing I do want a lot of people to bear in mind when they listen to the next album is that it's nothing like Press Hell to Continue. It's not a continuation of Press Hell to Continue. They're not even going to sound vaguely similar in any regard. Um, I have sent it to like quite a few people just for feedback, and literally every single person said it doesn't even sound like the last album. It almost sounds like a completely upgraded version of myself, which is that's what makes me happy to hear, because that's kind of what I wanted to achieve. I didn't want people to like think that it's going to sound the same as the last one, because I know that's something that kind of gets expected in the sound, like SoundCloud community, where... People kind of want you to kind of maintain some kind of like sound consistency. Consistency, mm. but like I don't think that's fun. I think it's more fun to keep on like changing every single album. One person that I look at incredibly for that is Tyler the Creator. Like literally from 
from Bastard all the way to Igor, like every single of his al- every single one of his albums sound drastically different, but they all still sound like Tyler. And that's something that's really influenced me in terms of like my process of making music. So I'm um, shout out Tyler the Creator, and I love him so much. Oh my God, yeah, I second that. I mean, he he's one of the many artists that I feel like I'm in debt to because of my formative years being molded by him, which is, yeah, he's, he's amazing. And Igor is amazing. And it's cool to think that whatever he comes out with next is going to be incredible, but probably not sound anything like Igor. Exactly. And so I'm really excited for it. Yeah. And I haven't heard, but by the way that you're describing this project, I haven't heard a single second of it, but it sounds great. Like, I don't even need to hear any of it to know that I'm, I'm looking forward to it because the way that you're describing it, your thought process, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear it. And I'm sure other people, I mean, I know other people will be excited to hear it as well. So thank you for sharing some insight on that. Appreciate that. Exclusive. Show and tell exclusive. I'll definitely share you an early copy as soon as I get it 100% done. Many thanks. Many thanks. I think that's a great place to end off part one. We're obviously going to continue to chat with each other in part two. So we will leave it there and we'll see y'all in part two. Welcome back to the show. This is part two of the show, which is called Show and Tell. This is where I ask the guests to bring in an item of significance. They share what it means to them, why you might like it too in some cases. But before we get to that, I got one question. I didn't ask it in part one because it wasn't really relevant to what we were talking about, but I feel very much inclined to know your thoughts on this. So you're a big Ikea fan. Again, not a literal fan. Like I said earlier, that was probably, you know, (laughs) add it to my pantheon of terrible dad jokes. (laughs) <laughs> you're, you, you like Ikea, but here's my question. What is your favorite section of Ikea to shop in? Definitely the showroom. And I know that's not where you shop, but it's just kind of like, it makes you feel like you're a giant sim. Like, I feel like <laughs> I've seen like loads of like basically mini houses and you kind of like, it would be really cool if I could live in something that looks like that. And I always remember back in the day on The Sims 2, there was actually an Ikea expansion pack. Um, so that's kind of like why you know it makes me feel like I'm a sim for some reason. Oh, but I just okay. kind of I, I like IKEA's like really um they seem to have like a really positive energy in there, like a really positive vibe. And I just love walking through IKEA for like literally no reason. Um luckily I actually live about five minutes from an IKEA. So sometimes <laughs> I literally just go in there with my laptop and I'll just make beats like in the kitchen. I'll just order some meatballs and I'll just sit there <laughs> making beats for like two or three hours and then I'll go and get a candle and like some fake plants and then I'll just leave. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah I've, I've done that exact same thing. I've, I've walked through Ikea with my girlfriend and we haven't bought anything. But we, but we weren't mad about it because we weren't really going there to get anything in the first place. We just, it's just like a fun environment to be in and like, oh, let's see if the, the showrooms are up, updated. And like, what's new in the Ikea world? But doesn't it make, doesn't it feel like the adult version of like the Lego store or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree with that. I will say that there is one section. It's not that I don't like it. I think it's just because I haven't had any need to look at anything in it. But I always walk past the lighting section. I just like, oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, cool. This, there's so many lights. I don't know. I, I feel like that might change when I move and get a studio that I am invested in. The one that I'm in right now is cool, but I'm I'm not like emotionally attached to it. I feel like when that happens, I'll be hitting that section hard because they got a lot of cool lights, but I've just never really shown any love yet. But, but yeah. I do have cool lights, but yeah, I feel like I'm in the same place because like I haven't quite moved out yet. So I'm kind of like, well, I don't really need a, an Ikea light or any Ikea lights right now. So it's not something that really interests me, but I'm pretty sure that will change uh, when I move out. Yeah. Cool. Well, since I don't know how to segue out of this part, uh, that was <laughs> it, it needed to be taken care of. I don't care if people were annoyed with that. It was very important. It's very, IKEA is cool. IKEA is a cool company. And uh, IKEA is close to my heart. Shout out IKEA. But with that, let's move on to the real part two of the show. As I mentioned before, show and tell. Romderful, what have you brought in to share with me and the audience? I feel like for anybody who knows me, maybe even including yourself, I feel like you know exactly what I'm going to say. But obviously, a GameCube. Mm, amazing. Okay. My early days of playing video games or remembering playing video games involved the GameCube. And you mentioned Mario Party 4. 
that game, when you said that, that took me on a nostalgia trip, like heavily being in my friend's basement, playing Mario Party 4. Amazing. What What's what does it mean to you? You've kind of expressed it already. Obviously, you're writing music that is heavily influenced by video games, but this give me your ode to GameCube right now. Obviously, I came from a family that doesn't have a lot of money. So um, prior to, prior to GameCube, um, I never had a console or like any video games that were current. So like when I got a PlayStation One for the first time, this was like in you know 2003 or something. At this point, you know, PlayStation 2 had been out for three years. Everybody in school is already playing PS2, Xbox, or, like, GameCube and whatever. You know, I'm playing PS1 or I'm playing Game Boy Advance. So I remember in um in the fourth grade when I had, like, a really, really good school year, my mom was really proud of me, and she bought me a GameCube and Super Mario Sunshine uh, for, like, you know, my next console. At the time, GameCube was current generation. So to me, it was kind of like... This is the first time I have a console where, you know, I can kind of like, I wouldn't necessarily say fit in, but kind of be like, okay, I can, I can finally be part of the conversation. I can finally, you know, want to get new games because if I see an advert for a new game that looks really cool, I can actually get it. It was going to be on this console. And it was just like my first glimpse of like, you know, being up to date. And plus it was my first time having like, you know, actual good 3D graphics because, you know, PlayStation 1 was cool for its time, but, you know, it was definitely outdated by 2003. Uh, whereas GameCube was, you know, like I said, it's very current. The graphics are really cool. Um, the games are really, really colorful, which is obviously then kind of goes back to why I like colors so much. I feel like at that point, every console was just like black or they were just gray or like, you know, they were whatever. But then, you know, GameCube's had like so many different colors and they had like a little changeable disc on the inside. And like the, the little games were like really, really tiny discs. And like everything about it was just really unique. It had a carrying handle, like... Who the hell is going to carry a GameCube out on the street like it's a bag? I don't know. But it has a carrying <laughs> handle. Like everything about this console was just it just screamed unique to me. It just screamed bright. It just screams colorful. I feel like the soundtrack on Super Mario Sunshine was something that stuck with me for a while, even to this day. To this day, that's still my favorite game. I've never ever beat it because it was like my first like it was my first glimpse into playing GameCube. It was my very first current game at the time i was like i just love that game so much because it just like i'd never seen a game like it at the time i'd never seen something where plus this was this was the first time that mario had kind of been i guess out of the mushroom kingdom it was the mm-hmm. very first time that mario you know he was on the beach and you know he obviously got arrested and you know the whole flood and everything that whole game in itself was just a staple of the 3d mario universe i think because then after that obviously there was mario galaxy and odyssey and all the other crazy 3D universes, but that was like the first one that kind of came away from the Mushroom Kingdom, and I found that really, really cool. Um, that was also my very first Nintendo console, so that's when I started to realize that I kind of favor Nintendo a bit more over PlayStation for for all the same reasons that I feel like they've maintained to date. They're just more colorful. They're just more, I guess, weird. They're very consistent because you know it's always, I would say, the same games every single con- console generation, but the same kind of games. That's when I realized I kind of like Nintendo more. Then that's also the same year I started to play Pokemon and stuff like that. So basically, I feel like the year I got that console, and then, you know, Feral Frontin' just came out, and, like, a bunch of my favorite <laughs> songs were coming out. M.E.R.D.'s Fly, Fly or Die album came out, like, literally weeks after I got my GameCube, and She Wants to Move was always on MTV. So I'm kind of thinking, like, everything around this time period, I feel like it just kind of made me who I am right now, because every single time I look back at my inspirations or what, what makes me happy... I feel like that's exactly the time I think of. Yeah. Like just the GameCube, my favorite songs coming out, NERD's, you know, second album coming out, which is one of my favorite, if not my favorite album, other than Justified. Bapes was really, really cool. Nickelodeon and Disney Channel was amazing. I'm just kind of like, oh, that was just such a great time in I, life. But, I hope yeah. everyone's riding this wave of nostalgia that we're riding right now, because I'm I'm I feel like I'm on an acid trip in in a weird way. Like I'm just thinking of I'm just teleporting back to all these different places and times. Playing GameCube, playing NBA Street. Shout out the Z Block. That was one of the best features in a video game I've ever seen. the The handle on the GameCube. That's I forgot about that. That's funny. I do wonder why they had that. Like you could walk around on the street, and if you got in a conflict, you just battle me, and then you like lay it down because you're carrying it with you. And then you just battle somebody in a game. Maybe that's why. I don't know. <laughs> Literally, I've always said to my friends, I was like, 
there was no other console even to this day there aren't any other consoles that have a carrying handle on it and i was like what inte- what exactly was the intended use for that like was society that safe in 2003 that you could just walk with the gamecube <laughs> on the street and you potentially wouldn't be robbed because i think you would be <laughs> if the gamecube was like that current like it definitely would make a cause for concern but then they actually made like a carrying bag for the gamecube it's like but if there's a carrying bag for it, then why did you put a hand on it? I, I don't know. To, to, to this day, I'm still kind of a bit confused about that, but it's cool because it made it look like a little accessory. Like, I know some people want Birkin bags or like Versace bags or whatever, but a GameCube's a cool bag to me. And you know what? I think somebody should have probably like gut out a GameCube, you know, take out all the internals, like make it into a little carrying bag because that would actually be really, really cool. Yeah, like a little lunchbox because it kind of is like reminiscent of a lunchbox. That would be cool. That would be so cool. Yeah. Damn. I would imagine one's probably done that on youtube because there's always some crazy experiments on youtube yeah no i i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past youtubers to do that that's for sure so if you were to make a soundtrack to a video game and have it be on gamecube or or any console what kind of video game would you want it to be if you could also have a part in designing it and planning it out hmm that is an amazing question i'm going to have to say Something like Jet Set Radio on Dreamcast. Ooh, okay. Um, the, the soundtrack to that game, to, to, this, to this day, sorry, is still really, really amazing to me. The whole concept of that game, I don't know how they haven't remastered that, because that game is actually incredible. And I know it was one of the first, like, cel-shaded games, like the games that has that kind of, like, really flat, but 3D kind of looking, like, comic book looking kind of graphics. Um, that was, like, pretty much the first game to ever do it. So that game's actually iconic in that regard. I definitely want to make a game soundtrack for a game that's pretty similar to that. If not that, then it'd be really cool if there was some kind of like GTA-like game. Obviously, you know, that has like different radio stations and stuff. I'm trying mm. to think of a different example, but something like that where you could just make like a bunch of different original songs. None of them are like actual licensed songs, but they're just all original. Uh, stuff like that. If not that, I would actually really like to make music for a Final Fantasy type game. Um, not exactly Final Fantasy, but something that's very RPG-ish, but then like it has really, really cool music in it. That would be really, really dope. Let's make that happen. I- I'm become I'm getting the knack, or it's becoming a trend of me trying to get these uh, ambitious business deals done for people. Kromanichi with Skittles. I'm trying to get him a Skittles deal. Uh, Malik Elijah, <laughs> who was on last episode, I'm trying to get him a deal with raw uh, cones that you can roll your weed in. So I can put, I can fit that into my schedule. I can try to make that happen. We can, we can make that happen. (laughs) Thank you. you. (laughs) That would be amazing. Now at GameCube, man, that's like I said, just nostalgic, good times. So before we end off the show, there's one more quick part. And that is what is something that you did not learn in school? It could be literally anything that you didn't learn in a classroom. It could be a life hack, a cooking tip, uh, just a piece of wisdom, anything at all what is something that you did not learn in school wonderful sticking to the rule book is not always necessary it's cool to start but then after that you have to direct your own journey uh, that can go for learning music theory if you stick entirely to music theory you'll never learn to develop your own way of thinking or playing or making music if you stick to a recipe book all the time you'll never develop your own unique way of cooking because you know a, co- uh, a cooking recipe is only meant to be a guide if you like more salt then you know you put more salt in it if you like more paprika put more paprika in it like you don't have to stick exactly to the way the guide is it's just a way for you to kind of know how to do something but then you tweak it to your own liking so i feel like that's one thing you don't learn in school because i feel like schools always teach you to like you know go by the book on everything the book is always right but like in life you start to realize that's not true you can definitely learn from the book to start off with but then definitely develop your own unique way of doing whatever it is that makes you happy I love that you shared a piece of wisdom and also incorporated it into cooking because I mentioned cooking tip. That is a power move. I liked that a lot. <laughs> that was great. I love cooking so much as well. Yeah, I'm about to cook a new recipe tonight. Nothing crazy, but I'm going to keep that in mind because, uh, you know, I am going to read the recipe, but I do have some ideas that I might expand upon because you got to make it your own. I mean, that's it's it, it all comes full circle. You can start by making remixes of songs to learn what it is that you're good at and what you want to hear in music or in art, in graphic design, whatever it may be. And then you start to develop your own style, push those boundaries. And the the one saying I I always live by, it's better to try and fail than never try and always wonder. True. It's better to have loved 
And does that apply? I don't know if that, I'm, I won't say it. That's, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean, okay. It, it could apply in a different sense, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't trying to one-up you or anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing thank you for sharing that and thank you for being on the show Romderful it was a good time thank you yeah it was really really cool man thanks for having me where can people go find you where can they go listen to the current music you have out and in the future listen to your upcoming album uh, if you search Romderful on literally anything that exists uh, you will find an account for me uh, so that will be on Twitter Facebook Instagram SoundCloud Weibo if you're listening from China Odiesk, that's a new platform that's on the come up and mm. I think they're about to do something really, really cool. So I think if you're a fan of SoundCloud, you really should go and check out Odiesk. I really feel like they're going to make some amazing moves in the next couple of months, years, weeks, days even. Um, so definitely go and check out Odiesk. I am also just Rumble 4 on PSN if you want to play some PlayStation games. Mio, let me know if you get a PlayStation 5 because I am excited. Uh, so yeah, that's me on everything amazing yeah and i i second that audius plug because i was uploading some of the episodes and then just for no good reason fell off but i'm starting to put the episode just show, show and tell back on audius so yeah go peep audius for sure go peep rom his music it's good tell him that it's good if you like it share it with a friend if you want to get in touch with us we're at let's show and tell l-e-t-s-s-h-o-w-a-n-d-t-e-l-l -L. cool just wanted to make sure if i still had my spelling ability i don't know yeah <laughs> You can follow us there. We got Spotify playlists. The link in our bio is where you can find everything. If you like the show and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, rating and review would be much appreciated. And most importantly, if you like this show and you like Rom's music and you like other things, share it with a friend because sharing is caring. Peace. <laughs>